0: Father, we thank you this morning for this opportunity and privilege to, to gather around your word. Father, to receive light, revelation, instruction, impartation. Father, we, we look to you. We look to the greater one. We look to the anointing. And we thank you for this time that it'll be for your glory and, for, uh, and Father, for our benefit concerning uh, your purposes for our life for the kingdom of God. And we thank you for the fruit It will be wrought in our lives because of the precious seed of the word of God being planted in our hearts. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 3, we're still doing our summer series, uh, Reverse the Curse Summer. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad Jesus reversed the curse for you? (laughs) That's what he did. And uh, and that's uh, something we should continually be rejoicing about, thanking God for. Galatians three thirteen says Christ hath redeemed us. That means it's already been done. We don't have to hope one day it's going to happen. Uh, it's something that's already been accomplished. When uh, Jesus went to the cross, as He says here, He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. It's because of what Jesus did. In going to the cross and being made a curse. For it is written, Curses everyone that hangs on a tree. Hallelujah. That, or so that, the blessing, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise the Lord. The blessing of Abraham is ours because Jesus was made a curse. He took the curse. To reverse the curse for our lives, the curse of the law, the curse of disobedience under the Old Testament law. Primarily, we've looked at it in verse, you know, chapter De- Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight. There are other places too that reveal different aspects of the curse of the law. Uh, but we've we've looked at the fact that uh, the curse includes sickness and disease. It includes tragedy. It includes mental problems. Uh, you know, the, these are things that. Jesus took on our behalf he was made a curse so that that part of the curse would not have to be realized in our life Amen he reversed it for us he said no this is I love you so much I want to I don't want you having to experience the curses uh, that are recognized under the old testament for disobedience Thank God in Christ now by faith we can see those things defeated in our lives. We can have them reversed in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Aren't you glad sickness and disease, uh, is under the curse. Amen. Mental problems are under the curse tragedy that, you know, the, the, uh, idea of having your life snuffed out in a moment of time by an accident, by a tragedy that's under the curse. We talked about these things. You can go back and. Look online if you weren't with us to hear those teachings, and I encourage you to just to understand the, the the full measure of this and to to realize what we've been redeemed from. Because we need to hear the word on it, we need to have our faith strengthened in these areas. Amen. Uh, because the enemy is going to test <laughs> what we know. You know, he's still going to challenge us in areas of life and try to endeavor to bring the, the curse into our lives. And that's why it takes faith to walk free from these things. It takes knowing the truth and then uh, walking by faith to walk in victory over these things. We talked last time about the fact we've been redeemed from poverty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's, let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. Uh, this morning, we're going to kind of do a part two of this, uh, and, but it's going to be a little bit different. From a little bit different standpoint, and I may deal with some little bit different areas here uh, along the way. But, uh, but it, it just kind of t- it ties in with the fact that we're redeemed to succeed. We're redeemed from failure. Amen. Uh, we're redeemed from having to not be able to get to enjoy the harvest of the, of the seed we've planted. <laughs> Amen. That's a curse. Praise the Lord. Uh, but thank God we're redeemed from poverty. You know, Jesus, uh, when he came on the scene in Luke chapter four, we mentioned, mentioned this briefly last time. The Bible says, he, he said, of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to do what? Preach good news to the poor. Well, good news to the poor isn't just try, try to endure your poverty and wait, wait till you get to heaven one day and it'll all be all right. No, each one of these blessings right here that are mentioned that Jesus is anointed to proclaim have to do with this life. So he's not talking about being poor in spirit here. He's not talking about just being poor uh, and, and then ho- just hold on till you get to heaven. He's got good news for the poor and good news to a poor man is you don't have to stay poor. Amen. In other words, there's victory over that. There's redemption that brings you out of that. Uh, and it's interesting, we, we, you know, uh, we go on the next verse of that. Uh, actually, pre, let me read the rest of that. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to captives, recovering of sight to the blind, said that liberty of them that are bruised. Again, all these things have to do with this life. And notice to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, actually that was the year of Jubilee. That's what he was referring to. Uh, every you know every fifty years you know there was a year of jubilee under the old covenant. Of course, Jesus came and he was the epitome of it he 's the fulfillment of that he 's saying now you get to have jubilee all all the time <laughs> amen, but what that also meant what it was referred to and uh, by the Jews was the year of the lord 's release the acceptable year of the Lord was the year of the lord 's release. what does that mean release from from financial bondage for one thing. Amen. Praise God. In fact, if you go back and look at the year of Jubilee, you know, in the old Testament, it, that's mainly what it centered around was people were people being set free from financial bondage every 50 years. They were slaves. They had to be. They were indentured servants. They had to, you know, serve somebody because of a financial uh, situation, uh, a lack in their life. But but thank God there was a year. There was a year of release every fifty years under the Old Testament. But aren't you glad now in Christ there's a release from any bondage which includes financial bondage? That we don't have to stay under bondage of any kind. Glory to God. See, a lot of people live under financial bondage. Praise the Lord. But, uh, but the good news is, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm not praising the Lord. People are under bondage. But I can praise the Lord because there's a, there's, a, there's a gospel. There's good news that you're redeemed from the curse of poverty. You're redeemed from the curse of lack. And you're redeemed from the curse of failure. Let's read some verses again in, De- in Deuteronomy 28. Uh, let, let me read these again from, uh, that we've read before, but verse 15. It'll come to pass if you'll not hearken to the voice of the Lord. See, the blessings are mentioned first in verses 1 through 14 here of this chapter. Wonderful blessings, the blessing of Abraham. But then uh, he mentions, starts mentioning curses. He says, if you'll not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God uh, to observe, uh, to do all his commandments and statutes, which I command you this day, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. The good news is you can put no by all the curses in Deuteronomy 28. In other words, these things are not for me. I'm redeemed from these things. I get the opposite of the curses mentioned in Deuteronomy 28. Curse shall you be in the city? No. Curse shall you be in the field? No. (laughs) Amen. In other words, you can get excited about curses. Curse shall be your basket, your store. Curse shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your land, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep. Curse shall you be when you come in. Curse shall you be when you go out. You can say, no, 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 I'm blessed. I get the opposite because I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. The Lord will send upon you cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all you set your hand to do, until you're destroyed, till you perish quickly, because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby you've forsaken me. So now, look at verse. Uh, let's look at verse thirty. I want you. Let's get to. Uh, I want you to see some things concerning what we're talking about for a moment here. Thou shalt betroth a wife; another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shall not gather the grapes thereof. Notice you start something, but you don't get to enjoy the benefit of it. You don't get to enjoy the fulfillment of it. You don't get to enjoy the harvest of it. You plant a vineyard, but you don't get to eat the grapes. How many know God wants you eating the grapes <laughs> of things you put your hand to? Amen. See, he's talking about failure here. He's talking about loss and failure, which is, you know, an extension really of, of poverty. Uh, the, but, it, but it's a little bit different category here. I want you to see this morning. Verse, uh, verse um, 33, verse 33, he says, The fruit of your land and all your labors shall a nation which you know not eat up. In other words, somebody else is going to eat what you planted. All your labor, your labor goes in vain. And thou shalt only be oppressed and crushed always. Verse. Let's look at Verse 38. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field. You'll gather but little in, for the locusts shall consume it. Again, you lose it. You lose what you planted. It's, it, it, you don't see a completion to things you put your hand to. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, verse 39, but thou shalt neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms will eat them. Aren't you glad you're redeemed? Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all the coast, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for your olive shall cast its fruit. Again, uh, you, you see failure here, a lack of being able to enjoy the harvest of things that you've applied yourself to, that you've put your hand to. You know, Leviticus chapter 26, also lists some different things regarding the curse that you and I are redeemed from. And Leviticus 26, verse 19 Verses 19 and 20, God said, I'll break the pride of your power. I'll make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Verse 20, and your strength shall be spent in vain. Your strength will be spent in vain. Remember, that's not the will of God for you and me. For your, your land shall not yield or increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. I know pastors. I know people that have started churches and got it going, laid the groundwork, put all the time and the effort for the like, like first 10 years or so. They, they just built a foundation, and then they did something stupid and didn't get to enjoy any of the benefits, so they lost their church. I've seen that happen. And that's true also, not just in ministry, but in the business arena in different areas where people, they, they may begin well, but, but the enemy gets in somehow. And, uh, and they don't get to enjoy the, the benefit of their labor. They don't get to eat the grapes. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're redeemed from that? And listen, I don't care if you fail before in life, you're still redeemed from failure. You just have to get back up and make sure your future is different and see God do some turnaround in your life. Hallelujah. This is not to discourage anybody here this morning. Okay. You know, we've, we've all of us in some measure have tasted failure in our life. We, you know, we messed up we've, or whatever. We've had something we started, didn't see fulfillment of it. But this, the good news is this, your life can be different as you go forward. And God will restore some things, too, as you get back in his will. As you get in his will, start believing his word and walking in obedience to him and realize you're redeemed from the curse of failure. And God will even restore things that the locusts have eaten. You know, that's also a promise in the Old Testament. Amen. Praise God. But God's plan is to prosper you. But not only that, his plan is for you to succeed in what you put your hand to. Be successful in life. Amen. Aren't you glad you're redeemed from failure? Hallelujah. And this is a big area. People don't, you know, Sometimes people don't, don't realize this, but it, but it is. And a lot of people are fearful of, of moving forward with things because they fear failure. But if God's in it, you don't have to fear failure, even when the enemy tries to attack and stop things. Because the enemy will bring tests and trials. But thank God we're redeemed from failure. In fact, there's an anointing on you because of the blessing of Abraham Amen. to succeed. I said there's an anointing on you Amen. to succeed in life and what you put your hand to. And uh, and when it comes to blessings and having things and uh, seeing financial increase and all this, uh, you know, it's important uh, to realize God, God is far you in these areas. Even and we're, but I'm going to deal with a few things here because success is not just money or things. Um, success is part of the blessing of Abraham, but success. Uh, so you can actually have money and not be a success. Success has to do with with honoring God with your life and and just uh, and, and and relationships and. Uh, being a being a person of, of integrity and, and there are different aspects of success that are, are you know, that, that we do need to occasionally refer to. because success is not just having things. I know a lot of people that have things, but their life to me, is not a success. Amen So but but understand this, things, money, in and of themselves are not evil. In fact, things can be a great blessing, especially if you don't have them. But the thing is, God doesn't mind you having things. He just doesn't want things having you. And so we have to keep a balance with this. Like in, uh, but, but people will take, I've heard religious folks take scripture like 1 Timothy chapter six. Let's look at this, verse six. But godliness with contentment is great gain, Amen. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therefore therewith be content. But they that will be rich, and one translation says crave to be rich. So just talking about Paul's dealing with uh, the heart matter here. That crave to be rich, they'll fall into temptation, a snare, and many foolish and hurtful lusts which drowned men in destruction and perdition. In verse 10, this is a very misquoted verse. (laughs) Some people say money is the root of all evil. But actually, it's the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after. See, this is what Paul's dealing with here. See, some people take this passage of Scripture and make it the whole sum total of anything they believe on prosperity. I've heard preachers do it. Over the years. And they, so they'll basically try to make you think money's wrong and you should just be satisfied and content. Listen, we should be content. With with, wherever our our situation is, you should be at peace. And not because you should just be satisfied with having nothing. Because you have to balance the word with the word. You can't, you can't make that your soul, you know, you can't take just somebody telling you, be content. You have to weigh that with the rest of the Bible, okay? Because here, Paul is dealing with something here specifically. He's dealing with the heart matter of not being covetous. He didn't say money's the root of all evil. He said covetousness, making it your primary aim in life. And we should never make money our big goal in life. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, "You can't serve two masters." Amen. Hallelujah. But yet we need to understand the rest of the Bible too. That you know, yeah, we don't hoard; we're not to be covetous. But uh, you know, but you got scriptures that uh, that uh, you know tell us some other things too, like Third John two. Beloved, I wish above all things. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may, be pros- that you may prosper and be in being good health, even as your soul prospers. Well, if God, he wants that for me, doesn't he? Well, then is it wrong for me to, to accept that and receive that and walk in that? Absolutely not. Now, again, we have to balance that with the word that tells us don't covet after it. Don't make it your aim in life. Don't crave it. Keep the things of God first and foremost. Amen. Because if you make money your primary aim, you're going to miss God in so many areas of life. I know a, uh, a family. Uh, this was back many years ago. I taught a Bible class in the uh, out at, you know, when I ran my Bible church back, when we were there and, in the '80s, and uh, I taught we were te- there was a There was a family, a couple in our class, uh, and they, they had they had children, and they uh, and the and the guy comes up to me one day and uh, one Sunday, and he said, uh, "Brother Bill, I want to let you know, man, we we are going to be moving to such and such town, and I think it was in Iowa, and a little little small town. I'd never heard of it." He said, we're going to move that. I've been offered a $10,000 raise. And something on the inside of me just, I couldn't rejoice with him. And I said, well, let me ask you this first. I said, you know, I mean, I'm glad, you know, glad you're getting the raise. But yet, have you even checked that out good in that area that I said, is there a good church there? I knew he had three, three kids, a couple of teenagers. And uh, I said, have you even checked if there's a good church there? He said, well, no, I haven't. We didn't really check that, that out when we went out there and did the interview and all that. I said, but but I'm sure there is one. Well, guess what? There wasn't one. And uh, But he, he went on and moved. I you kind of lose track of people after that. But I remember somebody that knew them, and I, and I, and it was like a year and a half later, I, I talked with someone. I said, have you heard about heard so-and-so? I knew y'all, they were friends with them. And I said, have you heard how they're doing? He said, wow. He said, it just... He said two of the kids have rebelled. One of them left home. The other's on drugs. And, and, his, and his, he just got divorced from his wife. But he got a $10,000 raise. Why? He got his heart on money. He got his heart on the raise. Nothing wrong with the raise. Thank God for raises. Thank God for blessing. But, but what are you going to put first? He didn't go to God, didn't pray about it. Didn't get the mind of God on it. He was in a church where his kids were getting blessed and ministered to. I mean, you know, that's a lot more important than ten thousand dollars a year. Because I guarantee you this: you start having kids go astray, it's going to cost you a lot more than ten thousand dollars. That that raise is going to be gone with other things. Hallelujah! So this is why we have to we have to sometime. And I get to do the pastoral part of these things, you know. As the Lord deals with me, I get to deal with you about just making sure people realize, yeah, we're all about prospering. We want people to prosper, but you can't serve God and money. You can't let, let money be your main goal and aim. The Bible's still true in these areas. We can't neglect scriptures like 1 Timothy six ten. I mean, when I when I graduated Bible school out there at Ramon, I'd also had a you know I'd had a college degree and I and I'm. Uh, and I've graduated Bible school, and I'm ready to go out. And I'm thinking, you know, God, I'm ready to go do what you call me to do. Because I'd had pastoring in my heart. I went into the pastor's group. and I, But, I, you know, I just like, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to get out. And let's, do, let's, do what, let's do this thing, you know. Started looking for churches, but nothing ever, or opportunities, you know, for, for pastoring and all. But it just didn't, something just didn't seem right. And it's like every, all those doors just weren't, the Holy Spirit wasn't in it with me. And so I knew, and so very kind of quickly, I knew there was an opportunity to work there at the ministry, at Kenthagen Ministries, but it was pretty much a ground-level position, a little above minimum wage. But, uh, and I'm like, my, my mind's saying, no, listen, wait a minute. I got a college degree, just graduated from no Bible school. I've been, to, just been going to school, school, school. Now I get to step out and work for minimum wage. I'm married. We're wanting to have a family. So my mind's fighting that, not because of, I mean, I, I, not, not, it wasn't a pride issue. It was just the, Lord, this is, I thought this was time to move forward here. Because <laughs> But I took a position there because that's what I felt. I was supposed to stay there at Kentucky Ministries. Keep helping, just keep helping that ministry there. So, but but in one sense, I felt like I'm taking a couple of steps backward. But sometimes God has to give, allow you to take a little step back so that He can move you forward. What seems to you a step back is not really a step back. It's just a step in His plan that you don't see everything right now. But see, I had to. I knew I'm putting. God, it's your plan. It's not mine. I know you want to prosper me. I know you want to. See, I didn't have that poverty mentality like, oh, well, you know, some of us just aren't supposed to live with blessing. No, I, I knew God wanted to bless me. And I knew if I obeyed him, if I'm willing and obedient, I would eat the good of the land. Isaiah 119. I knew that. But I also knew but you don't always get to where you want, where you think you need to be, at overnight. And some things, it sometimes it just takes step steps and walking things out. Amen. Amen. And uh, and but it has mainly to do with just following the plan of God. God had me there for a reason. And uh, and when we and we got to see the hand of God work. And and, and after a short period of time, the, I got promotion to another position in the ministry and. And and, and we saw blessing and increase, but, but I had to take that first step. And it wasn't because, and it certainly wasn't a financial step. We didn't do it for the money. So I've, I've learned, I don't do anything for the money. Yet there are times you still have to stand on God's word because you need money. To do what God's caused you to do. That's what we've had to do at this church. At times, we've had situations where we need, you know, we need to, you know, we need to see God move. Because the devil, you know, the devil challenges the will of God. So we, but we've always had to go back, Lord, if, if I'm doing your will, I know, I know provision is there. I know there's grace there. I know there's an anointing on there for me to be successful and to prosper. In other words, and what again? What does prosper? It means to, to be successful. It means to have. Uh, and just like we talked about last time, the word rich. Some people get all upset about the word rich, and our modern day American church gets all offended at the word rich when it just simply means a full supply. In fact, put up Proverbs ten twenty two. Proverbs ten twenty two. I like to read this, I'll just read this verse just for anybody tuning in online that's got a religious demon. Proverbs 10, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Well, I don't like that word rich. Well, then tear that out of your Bible. Just tear the page out. If, you feel, if that's the way you feel about it. Rich just means plenty. It means an abundant supply. Amen. Doesn't mean you're going to be a multimillionaire, but it does mean, and I do believe God wants more millionaires. I really do. In fact, I haven't prayed, Lord, send, send a millionaire to this church. But you know what I do? I've asked, Lord, I want you to bless people that are already in this church and help them to become more prosperous. Well, because I know those people are people that love the word first. They're here. So you're a candidate. If you're coming for the word, you're not a millionaire yet. I pray for you <laughs> to increase. To, to, for the Because I know you care about the kingdom if you come here regularly. I'm not believing for somebody from the outside, some carnal guy to come in and be, you know. But that verse again, put that back up to the blessing of the Lord. There's another uh, translation. I think it's NIV. Did I give you that one? The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Here's what I want you to see about the blessing of the Lord, too. The blessing of the Lord, it brings things without you having to break your back to get it. Without painful toil. Without the, str- the struggle, the strive. Not being able to spend any time with your kids, working you know eighteen hours a day that's not the blessing of the Lord the blessing of the Lord there's an anointing there's an unction there's an empowerment that brings you increase without the toil you know it's interesting in Luke, Luke uh, five I believe we're not don't have to turn there, but I just wonder. I was thinking of what Peter. Remember when Jesus said, "They Peter and and those guys been fishing, fishing all night long." Jesus come said, "Let me use your boat to preach a little bit." Peter was willing. to Say, "All right, Lord, you know, go ahead." And so Jesus preached. Then then Jesus wanted to let him know there's a connection when you do something for the gospel. There's, God God wants to bless you back. Yeah. So he said, "Peter, I know you didn't catch anything, but." cast your nets out there in the middle of the day because you're not supposed to fish in the middle of the day, you know, when it's hot and everything, you know. He said, launch out there into the deep. Cast down your nets. Notice what Peter said. I guess it's a, he put it up there. Go ahead. What's the next verse? Simon said, Master, we toiled all night. See, here's the difference. See, God does want you putting your hand to something, he wants you work. work. Diligence is a good thing, okay? It's a Bible principle. The diligent. You know, you, you, in other words, it doesn't mean you're, you're lazy just sitting at home doing nothing. It mean, no, you need to be putting your hand to something. Now, if you're retired or whatever, at least you need to be putting your hand to something for the kingdom. Okay? I'm not talking about, if you, you, may have done, you may have put your hand to things now most of your life. That's all right. But at least do something for God. But notice this, the difference. We toiled. Toil, strain, struggle. (laughs) But notice what happens when the anointing came in. The anointing came in. (laughs) He just dropped the nets and all the fish start jumping in. (laughs) Remember where part of the blessing of Abraham is he'll command the blessing. See, there was a command of those fish to jump in. He'll command the blessing on your storehouses. He'll bless what you put your hand to. That means there's an anointing on it, an empowerment to put you over that you can't do with your own toil. It's something above. That's what we're talking about, something above, something extra from heaven. That's what we want, and that means you walk with God. It means... You, you you do some, you do things by faith. It means you do things in obedience. You're also led by the Spirit. Yes, it means we're doers of the word. We we tithe. We give. We we put. See, that's, there's a, a blessing connected to what we do. That's an activation of the blessing of Abraham. What did Abraham do? He got he got blessed with spoil. He he gave his tithe. Isaac gave his tithe. All, the, all of his sons learned it. Jacob gave his tithe. The, these guys learned that you, you, that's part of that covenant blessing where the windows of heaven are opened up in your life. Supernatural things happen when you activate the blessing of Abraham. Through, 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 it's in that area of where you plant seed, but also it's in the area of obedience. That's where the harvest is opened up to you as well. I'm reminded of Joseph. You know, Joseph did not give his way to prosperity. Now, listen, if the Lord tells you to give, you know, certainly the tithe, you don't have to pray about that. But even with giving, there are are things as as, as you, you go with your heart. What's the Lord telling me to do here? But there's also, it's not just giving. I see some people overemphasize that. There's some preachers that just, it's all about your harvest is totally connected to your giving. Wasn't with Joseph. Joseph obeyed God. God told Joseph, save for a season coming up. Save and get ready. So it's really, it's obeying God. Obeying is activating the blessing of Abraham, obedience. It's one of the ways we activate the blessing, being led by the Spirit of God. is how we do it under the new covenant. Amen. See, there have been times I've been led to give. There's also times I've been led to do certain things, you know, just, uh, you know, like with the church or with the, I can just go throughout our life. You know, just the leading of the Spirit is necessary to activate the full blessing of Abraham for your life. So that you're not walking out on your way so that you're not following your plan. In fact, what's the rest of that? Uh, the next, uh, Put up Proverbs. I'm kind of just going by the heaven in my spirit this morning. Uh, notice this, labor not to be rich. In other words, don't put riches as the main thing you go after. Notice, cease from your own wisdom. That's why we have to follow the wisdom of God. God wants you blessed. See, we see scriptures like this and, and people go, Oh, you're not supposed to want things. Well, we're not supposed to make things our primary aim. But notice he says, cease from your own wisdom. In other words, God wants to be in alliance with your blessing. He wants to be involved with, with prospering you. He doesn't want you just out there trying to do things on your own, making your own way uh, and, and so that you can stand there and say, me and my smarts did this. I'm a self-made man. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You ain't no self made anything. For one thing, it's a mercy of God, you have anything. That you have a gift, a gracing, an ability to do anything. Cease from your own wisdom. That's what God's saying. And go after his wisdom. In fact, Proverbs, uh, is it Proverbs 10 here? Re- Proverbs 8, actually 8 10, receive, instruct. Now, this is wisdom talking. See, wisdom starts talking here in Proverbs a little bit. Wisdom says, receive my instruction, not silver, but and knowledge rather than the gold. For wisdom, notice this, it's better than rubies. And all the things you can desire can't even be compared to wisdom. Doesn't mean things are bad. But notice he's going to tell you in, that, in verse, I think it's verse 17, uh, the next few verses here in this chapter, I, wisdom, I dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty invention. I don't know wisdom will give you things that will help, ma- help you make money in the plan of God. Well, that's why it's better than the money itself. Some people think, I need money. No, you need wisdom for one thing, not just to get money and to, and to, pro- you know, to produce increase in your life, but so you can be a halfway intelligent human being as a father As a as a spouse, as a Christian, you need the wisdom more than you need just having stuff. Because if you have no wisdom, you're going to ruin yourself and others' lives along the way. Woo! Praise the Lord! Aren't you glad you came to church this Sunday morning? Hallelujah! Sometimes I have to meddle. And get into these fun scriptures that some people don't like to read. But let's read on here. A couple more here. I, this is wisdom. I love them that love me. How many of wisdom would be good to you? Wisdom is the word, right? Those that seek me early will find me. Notice this, notice this wonderful verse. Riches and honor are with me. You get the wisdom, you put the word first. You, you, you say, Lord, I want your plan. He said, "There's uh, these things will come along with it." That kind of ties in to seek first the kingdom of God, doesn't it? Yeah. Durable riches and righteousness. Durable riches. Now, there was something durable that lasts. Yeah, right. It's not fleeting. That's right. That's right. Some people they get overnight uh, overnight riches and overnight success. Man, they're they Look at them five years later. Yeah. Their lives are ruined. They've, they've proven that with people that have won the lottery. Ninety-something percent of them, their lives are a mess in five years because they don't have the wisdom to to get that extra money anyway. My fruit, wisdom says, is better than gold, better than, than fine gold, and my revenue better than choice silver. That's why even if you're coming to hear about the fact that you're redeemed from poverty and and you're redeemed to succeed, just your being here this morning to hear the word and put the word first means you've got priorities in order concerning increase for your life. Amen. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't let the world tell us how to increase. You're foolish if you just go to the world and their books and the multi-billionaire guys that are going to hell. And, and, le- and listen to their counsel, how you can make it, how you can be a success and all this. No. We don't care about the counsel of the ungodly. They may help you get by in a few things or, or do have a few principles. Most of those principles are somehow rooted in the word of God anyway if, if they're success principles. If you've ever read after any of these guys, they really just they stole from the Bible anyway that they don't really believe in. Nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you're, you don't have this bad attitude of your heart that, that's always you know, against the things of God but his delight. So you're, being, you're here this morning shows something about your delight. Because you, you may have people ask, you why do you take the time to go to that? You could be doing this on a Sunday at the lake or this or that, but you're going to church? And you go every week? At least you should go every week. Well, praise the Lord. And in his law, his delights in the word, in the law he meditates day and night. See, the word's first, priorities here, but notice the benefit. The benefit. Let's read on. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, brings forth fruit in its season. Notice some things are seasonal. It means you don't always get everything you, you, you think. Well, I, I I've been planting. I've been I've been watering. I've been I've been after this. I've been I've been diligent. I've been faithful. Things don't always happen overnight. Seasons. So God looks for faithfulness and God expects whose leaf shall not, notice it doesn't wither. The world's leaf will wither. But see, you got yours planted by the river of water, the water of the word. That's what meditation does. It plants you and gets you some deep roots by the, where the water's flowing. And whatever he does shall what? Ooh, that's one of those dirty words again that those religious demons don't like. Prosper, prosperity. I've had people get in my face, that prosperity gospel. Like I told you, there are people that are out in the ditch on any subject, but, but don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. Prospering is a Bible principle and word. It's just, we, we want to do it God's way. I'm, I will not be ashamed of preaching the gospel that God wants you to prosper because it's a gospel to the poor that Jesus preached and I'll preach it without hesitation, without apology. Amen, because God's good. But he also doesn't want, the, he doesn't want us going after the things first. He doesn't want making that our primary aim in life. He wants us going after him, his word, his plan, keeping the priorities right. Why? So that, so that our leaf doesn't wither. And so that he can get involved in our finances and he can do things with his anointing and his blessing that no man can do. Hallelujah. And no amount of your labor can accomplish. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because remember, 3 John 2 says, it's even as your soul prospers that this prosperity comes into your life. Again, what is that as a matter of priorities? Are you putting the word first? Are you submitting to God's will and word for your life? That's the first step to prosperity. <laughs> Am I submitting? I'm talking about godly prosperity. You can go do things in your own flesh and in the natural, you can, you can just by, by toiling and struggling, and listen, we all need to be diligent but we need to be diligent first in the word of God and putting his kingdom first in our life. And we need to be prospering in our soul. But one thing, it does take faith to step into, into more of the measure of God's blessing for our life. You can't have a poverty mentality and always be talking down and talking how you're never going to make it and, and talking how I don't know how ends are going to meet. That's, that shows a poverty spirit. It shows a heart of unbelief. It shows that your soul is not prospering in the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why would you put that scripture? I hadn't asked for that yet. I was going to, but I haven't asked for it. you trying to get ahead of me up there? Oh, praise the Lord. I love my Reese back there. God bless you. Buddy. He, he's, thinking, he's thinking ahead. He's already getting ahead on, on me there. Hallelujah. In fact, go ahead and put that up now. I just want to mess with him a little bit first. anyway. He's a blessing. And you shall remember the Lord your God. Again, this is just in line with what we've been talking about. You remember the Lord your God, for it is He. You always got to know he's the one that empowers you to get wealth. Now, notice he doesn't just give you the wealth. How many of your money doesn't just drop on top of you? That's not how God works. He empowers you. He anoints you. He equips you. He graces you to get wealth. Amen. And that helps establish his covenant covenant. See, this is all covenant we're talking about in here anyway. We're talking about covenant when we talk about uh, the fact that you and I are redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack and failure. That's covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But again, he's the one that empowers us. He's the one that equips us. It's his ability. We just need to make sure we're not coveting. We remember him. Remember We've read that already. We read it last week a little bit in Deuteronomy uh, where, where God said, I'm going to bless you with, the, with different things as I take you into the land of promise. He said, but don't forget me. Don't forget me. Just like He said here, remember. <laughs> God wants you blessed, but he also wants your mind and heart in the right place. Because sometimes you've got to be willing to set aside the money for right now and the, the stuff to do the will of God, knowing God's going to take care of you. And that goes back to part of being content. Sometimes you just need to be content where you are, knowing that you can believe God. And and as you apply yourself to his word and keep putting his word first, God's going to bless you. You should expect that. And you can even claim that because you want to be a greater blessing to your family and to the kingdom of God. Again, we got to keep our heart in the right place. We want, we want to prosper because we want to be a blessing. That's part of Abraham's blessing. Part of Abraham's blessing is you're blessed, but also you're going to be a blessing. Yeah, that's right. When we why we want Abraham's blessing on us is so that we can be a greater blessing that's right. for the kingdom of God. That shows a heart condition, though. It shows a heart a heart attitude. And so we, we need to make sure we're keeping first things first. You know, the Lord told Brother Hagin one time in the uh, just when talking to him about certain things. And uh, this, because um, he's talking, is in the book, in his book about how, how to be led by the Spirit of God. The Lord told Brother Hagin, He said, If you will learn to follow that inward witness, I will make you rich. He said, I will guide you in all the affairs of life, financial as well as spiritual. Well, that lines up with all these scriptures we've been talking about. God wants you, He wants. take care of us. It has to do with the redemption of the curse. Redeemed from the curse has to do with spirit, soul, body, socially, financially. Every part of our being is covered in redemption from the curse. He said, "I'll, I'll guide you in all the affairs of life, financial as well as spiritual. I am not opposed to my children being rich. I am opposed to their being covetous. He wants us blessed. He wants us having plenty. He wants us having a, su- a full supply. He just doesn't want us putting the things first. He just doesn't want the things being put ahead of him. Now, I know a lot of Christians, they're not, they're not necessarily money-minded, uh, you know, in the wrong way. But sometimes Christians can be money-minded or, or, you know, consumed with finances because they've gotten into the realm of worry. So I want you to see something here real quick in Matthew 6. A couple more thoughts here before we close. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to be materialistic and covetous uh, at times to be and still have money on your mind. But it may may not be the reason why you're consumed with it. Maybe it's because you've allowed fear and worry to get in and you're anxious. But I want you to, again, let's, let's look at what Jesus said. And I want to bring out the meaning of a couple of words here that uh, help us understand. In verse 31, Matthew 6, 31, therefore do not worry. Do not worry. This is Jesus saying, don't worry. What shall we eat or drink and what are we going to wear? And he goes on to say here, right, right after that, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now it's interesting, I looked up that word, the word seek here in, in verse 30. I'm sorry. Verse uh, 32. Uh, the word "seek" it means to strive and to struggle. You strive. You're striving after it. You're struggling after it. Amen. Uh, see, God doesn't want you worrying about it. He wants you trusting Him. It means stress, strain, strive, and struggle. <laughs> That's what that word "seek" means right here. Is talking in reference to the Gentiles. Let's, but he says, your father knows the things that you need of, have need of. And then in verse 33, we see the word seek again, but it's a different Greek word than the one in verse 32. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. The word seek there is a different word. It means to hunger and desire to worship without toil. To hunger and desire to worship without toil. Isn't that neat? See, so we're not to be like the world who's striving, struggling after the things of this world, but we're to be seeking him. We're to worship without, and, and recognize we don't have to live in toil, but we can rest and seek his kingdom, put his things first. Amen. 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 See, the Bible even tells us in, in Isaiah that he, he, he teaches us to profit and he'll lead us in the way that we should go. God wants you profiting. He wants you blessed. He wants you prospering. He wants you increasing. Amen. Psalm, there's a, the Psalm, I think it's Psalm 115, talks about the, he increases his, uh he increases his children and their children's children. He wants to increase you. And and your children and the next generation too. He wants you increasing in life. He wants you blessed financially. And he doesn't want you having to live in failure and not get to see the completion like we read those verses in Deuteronomy 28. He, He wants you to be able to see the full harvest of what you put your hand to, not get cut off. You're redeemed from failure. You're redeemed to succeed. You're redeemed to have paydays. You're redeemed to be able to eat the grapes of the vines that you planted. It's part of the redemption of the curse from the law. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Failure is not an option when you know you're redeemed from the curse. No, I'm not. And even if you have failed, get back up. Failure is not in your future if you'll believe him. And what you put your hand to? I'm talking about financial blessing. I'm talking about material blessing. God wants you blessed. Learn to use your faith. You know, let's believe for this, but let's keep the kingdom first in our lives. And we're willing to, you know, we're willing to go through seasons where we're just being faithful. We may not see the the grapes yet. That's been I've had to learn that in life. I, but I'm going to stay faithful to what God has called me to do. I'm going to put His kingdom first. I'm not going to get my heart on the things. In fact, it's going to, it'll, it'll, if you put your heart on things above the kingdom of God, it'll, it'll, it'll twist your character. Cause we need to make sure people, you know, people, cause people get into, we didn't even cover some of these verses, how, uh, you know, uh, some people get profit by the, by the wrong way, by, by, you know, dishonesty. Bible talks about that. Proverbs, you read Proverbs, about the, the person who goes after things dishonestly. There's something wrong with their heart. Because how we treat people has to do with success. How we look at people. I know preachers that don't in the past, I've known some that they, they didn't look at people the right way, and it affected their success. If you try to do things the wrong way, you'll be diminished. Your character will be twisted. So you're not in a position for godly success. And God can't bless you the way he wants to. Then you're going to have to go through other means to get it in the flesh and by the world. And that's going to twist you and and cause you to lose many blessings in your life. You won't walk in the blessing of Abraham. Which is a blessing that covers different areas of your life. Not just money. Success is not money. In fact, success is connected to treating people the right way in love. True success. And putting the kingdom of God first and foremost above things, above money, above stuff. Thank God for the stuff. God knows we need it. He said that, didn't he? Father knows you have need of these things. Jesus said so. He knows you need things. So he's not against you having things. He just needs your heart to be in the right place so that he can can be the one that prospers you. And you can know that's because the Lord's been good to me. That he's the source of all your success. He's the source of your blessing. Hallelujah. 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 Again, these things are tied to to what we put our hand to. uh, The blessings are tied... Uh, the blessing of Abraham is tied, one thing, to our faith. Because God, you, you know, God still works miracles in the financial arena. We see that throughout the Old Testament. He's still Jehovah Jireh, does things above and beyond. I thank God he's worked financial miracles in our life, you know, in, in our life, in our church. He's done it. But you how many of you don't, you don't live off of those, though? You've got to live off being a person who's obedient to God, diligent, do, just putting the word to practice every day of your life. That's called living by harvest and living by, uh, and also there's a principle of exchange. I've taught on this before. You put in a good day's labor and you get in a good day's payback. The world operates by the principle of exchange. And that's the blessing of the Lord is on that. You be an honest worker, you get an honest day's wage. But well, see, God, but when also when you get the blessing of the Lord on that, God knows how to bring increase and favor into your life beyond that. It's not just limited to that. That's where that anointing comes in. That's where that empowerment to prosper comes in. And he's also positioning you for further increase and in promotion when you walk with him and put him first. So there's that that, that realm, uh, the realm of, of of miracles, the realm of harvest, the realm of exchange. And also we talked about, you know, the realm of being led by the Spirit of God. Following His plan. Because sometimes His plan will look like, <laughs> like I told you in my life, looked like He was leading me backwards. When we first, when I graduated from Bible school, I thought, man, He's leading me backwards here. Because it didn't show up in the financial arena yet. But if you put the kingdom of God first, God always has paydays for obedience and faithfulness, and just putting His word first, and it and it positions you to get thrust forward, not just taking little steps forward. Because if it looks like you, it's kind of like the slingshot, you know. You put the rock in the slingshot and you pull it back; it's going backwards. But what is God doing? He's putting some spring in it so he can thrust you forward. So there may be some steps that looks like, man, I'm taking a step back. No, if you're obeying God, putting the kingdom first, putting his will first in your life, it's always so that he can thrust you forward. Amen. Hallelujah. We we started Harvest Family Church soon to be 29 years ago. We... uh, we took a step of faith. It was something that God put in our heart to do. We didn't have, there was nobody, there was nobody here in town saying, "Y'all come, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a big group of people ready for you." <laughs> no, we just said we're coming. We, uh, I mean, we, we we weren't aware of all the uh, nowadays. There's so many modern ways people are starting churches and building churches. I, I, I laugh at how we, you know, we put a little little bit ad in the, in the in the newspaper for several weeks starting a new church <laughs> and, that, and we had a little radio right by brother I think brother Hagan had the radio broadcast on some on a Christian channel here and we put a little ad a little you know y'all come join us harvest family church and uh, i'm thinking i would be be thankful if we have you know three or four people there and we had we had our had some family come to bless us that day we start, but we had 32 there that morning, right? Of course, the next week we had 20. But we started, and I didn't... When I had it in my heart, I'm like, Lord, do, we need to, do I need to take another job? Does, does Fredna need to... Does she need to get you know, start teaching again? And, and, and we had... These things were rolling around in us up for weeks before that. But nothing seemed... It just didn't seem right... And, and, and thank God he had a few people in our life that spoke some things. That it confirmed in me that, no, just the Lord reminded me, this is not a demotion. It's a promotion from what we had been doing. <clears throat> and, uh, and so we took a step. We had two kids that like to eat. We took a step of faith. People, I mean, I, I look back, I'm like, man, how did we do that? Well, it wasn't us. It was God. It was, God did it. But we took steps on. Him, but it wasn't because I was, I was willing to work. But in one sense, I'm like, Lord, you call me to this. You I also pled my case with him. You call me to do this, and you don't work me. You don't want me toiling away, to where my kids never get to see me. And then try to preach on the weekends and Wednesday night and pastor people on the side. I said, if you call me to this, then there's an anointing. There's an unction, there's an empowering, there's a supply. For us to do what you called us to do, there's a supply there, and I expect. I had to get bold about it a little bit I had to get bold in myself. Lord, I expect this now, for you to meet our need. Well, I'm not saying it wasn't tight, but we set up kind of a, a minimum budget, what we felt like we needed to, to, to meet the church needs and to meet our needs above that for a, just kind of a minimal salary. And our, our board member helped us, you know, just decide that. And we, we just threw it out there and said, bless God, I believe the money's coming in for that. We claimed it. And we took that step. <laughs> Amen. Well, God, it was sometimes it was by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin, but, but God brought the money. He brought the supply in every single month. And then we started seeing, you know, the gradual increase in the church. And, but I, I don't know why I shared that for sure. But Except that God will prosper you, but you can't put that first. We had to put, Lord, I'm obeying you. I'm obeying. We're obeying you. We're doing what you call. You put that in my heart supernaturally. I had a good job, good position. We, had, we were comfortable finally out in Broken Air, Oklahoma. Willing to stay there for the rest of my life. It took me 10 years, 12 years to get there. Then God said, all right, time to come home. <laughs> time to come back to Montgomery, the place I told people I would never go back to. Be careful what you say you're not going to do. But God put it in our heart, supernaturally, dropped it in my, and I, had to, and I reminded the Lord of that. Lord, you put this in me. This is your church. This is your idea. If you can't, if you can't provide for it, I'll go back to Tulsa but I'm going to believe you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you and I'm going to obey you and I'm going to preach the word, but I'm not going to work two other jobs and miss seeing my children grow up. I've I've shared this with other preachers. It's blessed a few along the way that were struggling with having to work different jobs and trying to pastor a church and all, because you have to take a step of faith at some point with that. As you are, now, I'm getting into a whole another arena right now. Y'all stand up, praise the Lord. But I want. Let me just tie this up real quick. But I can look back now and say it just pays. It pays to obey God and put the things of God first. The plan. God's got a plan for every one of our lives. He's got purposes. He's got supplies in us. He's got graces. And I'm going to say this, God's got graces for some of you for this church to supply in helps ministry. And part of your prosperity in life is going to be connected to that. Yeah, I said so. I opened up a new can right here. I could teach on that a little bit. But it's true. And that's for your blessing. God ties your overall prosperity, success, blessing. And I really didn't want to get into this, but the Lord showed me something about your crown in Revelation. Because remember Jesus told one of the churches, don't let anybody take your crown from you. Part of your crown has to do with things God has put in you for the local church. Not just the local church. But yes, the local church is included in that because God's called people to be a part of a work. And you got people out there, they don't, they think, they say, well, I'm going to heaven, but I don't have to do anything. I can just, I can go live on the lake or I can do this and do that. I don't have to, I don't have to have any supply for the church, You know, they basically, they're they're thumbing their nose at, at God and what he's put in them for the church. You may say, but I'm just, all I really have, you know, I'm just helping children or I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just greeting people at the door, or I'm just ushering, I'm just this, just that. No, that is huge in the economy and plan of God. And it has to do with your crown. Even some, some are supposed to supply things financially in other ways for a church, and they, 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 but they're like, well, they're not gonna miss it if I spend it on this new boat. It's going to affect your crown. I'm just telling you what, I bet, what the Lord put in my heart. I read that. I'm like, the Lord starts speaking about that. Your crown. That's, again, that's a... <laughs> I like opening up a can of worms right before I'm closing here. I'm closing. But I'm still, that all comes around to what we're talking about. To what we're talking about and what that... Success in God, you're redeemed to succeed, but it's connected to several things sometimes we don't see. It's not just about, Lord, give me the money. No, he's like, you use your supply that I put in you too. You obey me, you be led, you give when I tell you to give. That's all connected to that increase, that prosperity. The plan of God for our lives, amen? In fact, let's just take a moment. Hallelujah. I just feel like it's a time for, just for a moment. Everybody find a, you can sit in your chair, but just get, or just get on your knee for just a moment. Uh, let's just consecrate ourselves fresh to God's plan for our lives. I, I don't know why, somebody needs to do this. this may, we may be all doing this just for one, one or two people here this morning. Before we go, not gonna keep you long, but sometimes we need to make a fresh consecration. Bow your knee. Paul said, I bow my knee unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. He bowed his knee. There are times we have to bow our knee, which is an outward expression or demonstration of bowing our will, our plans, our desires, our dreams that are not in conjunction with God's plan and dream. But let's bow our hearts right now. I want you just to submit yourself fresh new to God, Lord, we want to do your will. Lord, we want to do your plan. Father, it's not my will. It's not my plan. It's not my purpose. It's your will, your purpose, your plan and things that you put in me to do, things you, direction you've given me that I may have neglected or set aside. Father, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm submitted. I'm willing I'm willing to do it. Maybe I've, and maybe I've been obedient to some things, but my heart hasn't been willing. But your word, I know, says that it's the willing and obedient that eat the good of the land. Father, forgive me where I've just been going through the motions. You know there have been times in my life where I've, I've, I've kind of done it that way and, and you've dealt with me and, I, and I've, I've, I've had to repent of those things where my heart wasn't right. My attitude wasn't right. So, Father, I get my heart right because I'm looking to you. For you're you're the author of my success. You're the author of my promotion. You're the author and the source of my increase and favor and empowerment. So we look to you and we submit our wills to you. And those things that you spoke, some of you, the Lord's spoken some things to you. It just quickened that to me. The Lord has spoken some things He wanted you to do. Some areas He wanted you to serve. Areas maybe just, not not even necessarily in the church, but in serving others. Yeah, it could include the church, but but there's some other areas maybe in your life where He's spoken to you about doing some things. To lay aside this and take up this. Be willing right now, because that's where you part of your success and blessing and it goes far beyond just natural stuff material things but part of that success is connected to your willingness to do these things that he's put in your heart to do not, they're not heavy things they're not struggling type of things, they're not laborious and toilsome it's just your flesh sometimes doesn't want to do them but there'll be great blessing connected to it There's great favor connected to it and there's fulfillment and joy connected to it, says the Lord. As you just simply yield to me in my purpose and plan for you. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We're willing and we're obedient. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and give him praise and thanks right now. Thank him for his faithfulness to your your life and to our lives. Thank him for his plan for your life, that it's a good plan. It's a blessed plan. (laughs) It's a fulfilling plan. Father, we thank you for your favor. Thank you for your supply in our lives. Oh, your increase in our lives as we commit ourselves wholly to your will and your purpose. For us and things that you've dealt with us about, things you've dealt with us about, we're willing and we're obedient. We'll lay aside that which doesn't need to be and we get back in the place where we need to be. We thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you may think, well, why did we do that? Well, you're going to notice a change. Sometimes just getting on your knee like that for a few moments and making a fresh consecration, you're going to notice something different. That's just, I'm just saying that out of experience, but also just believe really by the Spirit of God. You, you're going to notice why that was necessary and see the benefit of it. And you'll be reminded of it when, when you're tempted by the enemy or the flesh to go away from that again. You'll come back to it. Say, no, I, Lord, I consecrated myself. I'm, I remember that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for your blessing on each and every one. We thank you that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you that we're redeemed from failure in our future. But we commit, Father, to be doers of your word, meditators of your word, and obedient to the spirit on the inside and your plan for our life. Thank you for your blessing on every every do of the word here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.